When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. Tuesday here at Rosie's. Rosie's Roadshow. Here till 6, but uh, guess what? The beer is being poured well after 6 to get you ready for Nebraska and Michigan State. Line is minus 4.5. Sparty is favored. Connor Clark is... Doing extra credit by staying off set. <laughs> the pride of Fairbury is Bill Dolman. He is here. Elijah Herbal. Will Wilson here. We're gearing up. Great crowd down here at Rosie. Still some room for you. Can join us at 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. Decent weather. A lot better weather than the last time we were here. And uh, it's going to be buzzing. Bill and Elijah, this buzz has been great. Not that we've been working on since we got here i'm kidding of course i'm talking about the buzz for nebraska basketball three seniors specifically uh when you look at walker greasel and bandamil that have really kind of flipped not only the fred era but but year four of fred era and it's been uh, just a, a crazy a long strange trip as one bill walton would say with where nebraska basketball started the creighton win to where they're at right now and just the the importance of this moment here to keep on trucking uh, for uh, a postseason berth. You know, it seems like Nebraska's gone through year four, five, and six of the Fred Hoiberg era this year alone. When you go bit. back to the, you know, the, the the speculation coming into the year, could they adjust? Could Hoiberg do what Trev Alberts challenged him to do? And I think for the most part, the non-conference season was reasonably okay, highlighted obviously by the kick in the Southern Hemisphere to Creighton, which I think we all enjoyed. Um, it, that was one of the high points, really, of the Hoiberg era, no question about that. But then you had some ugly losses, like you know, just every Nebraska basketball game that you may have seen for the last decade plus. You know, just get blown out on the road and not play well. The loss at St. John's was terrible, you know, in the non-conference. They've used that moment, though, to really handle pressure. They've learned, they've gotten better from it, but it was hurt at the time. Right, but this team, you know, you you go through a good non-conference with the win over Creighton. I think you'd have to say it was good because of that win. And then you had down moments in in, uh, the early part of conference play. I remember we were talking... If they could go 7-5 and five down the stretch, they probably get themselves in a position for a postseason bid. And then they have a not-so-good January. You've got the injuries to your two best players and two of the best defensive players in the Big Ten in the country, arguably. The two guys that Trev Alberts gave the black shirts to seemingly two years ago. It's mm-hmm. been so long. But then they come back, and Fred adjusts things, and they've been scoring 70 points per game with regularity now. 
and the chemistry is off the charts. And it's amazing to hear the buzz in town when people talk about this being a successful season and how much they've enjoyed it. And being at PBA and it's sold out. It's just really been remarkable how much this season has ebbed and flowed and peaked and valleyed and to come to a point where, yeah, they they may be one of the uh, a postseason team regardless of what happens in the Big Ten tournament. Now, Bill, whenever you look at that Fred Hoiberg impact this season, I think a month, a month and a half ago, a lot of people were ready to write off Fred Hoiberg as being the coach at Nebraska. Nobody thought that Fred Hoiberg was a bad coach, but it just seemed like a case of, you know, a good coach couldn't quite get it going at Nebraska. There's a lot of problems that Nebraska faces being a football school in the Big Ten, trying to go up against some basketball powers. But he's really turned that story, that narrative around here in the past couple weeks. So what do you make of the coaching job that Fred Hoiberg was able to pull off here in the month of January and February? I, you know, I can't put my finger on how it is they've gone from you know being a team that was averaging 63, 65 points per game to a team that's averaging 72, they're 75 making sh- points. They're making shots. It, it, yeah, that's and that's it. kind of what it comes down to when <laughs> – for so long we talk about it this team just cannot make shots for whatever reason but yeah maybe it's the same thing and yeah the shots just are falling you know and maybe it's uh, the momentum of the you know tomanaga having everybody excited and and making plays and it it is really remarkable i enjoy watching him play it's kind of like with tomanaga and this is really odd comparison people say i like watching offensive and defensive lines playing football I love watching Tomanaga play away from the ball. Yes. He moves so well, and maybe it's that three-on-three experience that he has with the Olympics and winning the gold medal, and, and he was a star you know, in, in that style of basketball. But watching him move without the ball, the cuts that he makes to the baskets, how many layups does he get a game, right? That sets the tone for him yeah. where, he, where yeah. he gets the feel, he gets the finish, and then kind of moves out. And it, it makes and the shots. And he's a three-point guy for sure, but it, he's getting close looks or the mid-range. That's usually his first or second shot. I mean, occasionally he'll launch from three right out of the, right out the get-go, but he's he's kind of warming up with a touch and a finish at the rim, well, I, you, I think. If you guys get the chance, Nick Baugh did a great, great breakdown of why Casey Tomonaga has exploded over the past month just with the offensive sets that Fred Hoiberg is creating for him. I highly recommend you go check it out on Twitter. I believe it was... Uh, Nebraska on BTN, we put it out. You can probably check uh, Nick Baugh's Facebook page, or excuse me, Twitter page mm-hmm. as well. But a great, great breakdown on, on, yeah. on, yes, on just mm-hmm. what this Husker offense, what Fred Hoiberg is doing in order to get Casey these looks. And it's really just feeding a hot hand, then it kind of leads to the entire offense. If you got two guys on Casey, it's going to leave somebody open. But I think that in part is because he is so good without the basketball that it enables him to, to draw the X's and the O's knowing that one of those X's moves well to get from A to B to C and to get that open shot. And it's amazing, you know, he's drawing the best defender on these Big Ten teams, you know, because they know they've got to find him either under the basket or they got to chase him to, the, you know, outside the arc. And who would have thought that Tolanaka would be the guy that uh, you've got to run a box and one for, you know, in Big Ten in Big Ten play this month. But he, and I, I, I don't think you can also understate what Sam Hoiberg has meant because of the, his his just all out hustle. And, and look, and side note, does he not look like Charlie Day? Uh, from it's always sunny, but anyway, or, and horrible bosses, you know. Uh, but I, I think Sam Hoiberg 
whether it's like, I got to go and help dad. You know, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be me. You got to lead on family. But he's that guy. He's that guy that provides a, a hustle spark. He's made some great instinctive defensive plays at the right times. The steal, uh, was that against Maryland? Uh, Arguably the the play of the year, I think, for this team. But there are other guys like that that respond. Greasel's kind of that all-out player. So now you got two of them. You know, defensively, that are all out diving and not afraid of the the floor bruise. Derek Walker's been terrific, and I think he's made himself a lot of money once his Nebraska career is done. I, I just think this has been such an one of the best months of Nebraska basketball uh, that we've seen since you know the whole no sit thing under the ten miles era. And if you want to go way way back in time to the run Nebraska made to win the NIT championship back in the 1990s, it's just the collective. The collective set of games at this time of the year has been just so enjoyable. Well, quickly, to get back to your point about Sam Hoiberg, his journey this year has been incredible. You look back at the beginning of the year, it's the student section chaining Sam Hoiberg's name at the end of a, a blowout get so him to get him off the bench. He's like the fan favorite. And now you get to the end of the year, and it's this guy is a key returner for this Husker basketball team next season. You look at next year and you go, Okay, defensively we might be all right. We have a, a, a guy that is an effort guy, a glue guy in Sam Hoiberg. And just his journey from the first game of the year to now the last home game of the year, that's been one of the most incredible stories for Oscar basketball this year, in my opinion. You want to get him out of the game at the end so he can get the applause from the fans for the appreciation as opposed yes. to let the kid get in and maybe get a shot off, right? Yeah. The yeah. thing with, with Sam, it, it's, it's gone beyond the, oh, isn't this cool? Feel or, good story, oh, yes. Sweet, let's let's pat him on that. He has been a difference maker with the intensity he's brought, and it's translated from the practice floor where he's pissing his teammates off to getting in, in someone's hip pocket defensively and his anticipation, his basketball IQ. He's athletic. He's not a, he's not a scrub. He, I mean, he played really high-level basketball at highest. He's a good player. You just didn't know if it'd translate to the Big Ten, but effort and intensity and intelligence always translates. He plays like a coach's son, doesn't he? He, he does. Uh, great motor. <laughs> Great motor, high energy glue guy. That Gritty. IQ, right? Gritty, we, high we IQ. Through, well, I wonder if mom sat him down and said, look. <laughs> okay. This is what you're going to do. Let's, let's kind of parlay Fred in year four, five, and six, like you're talking about, and what Matt Rule has waiting for him. And whoever's been brought into Nebraska football, aside from Bo Pelini, and really Tim Miles, too. I mean, Tim Miles, that, that, that first year, with what Craig Smith did on the recruiting trail, year two they go 19 and 14 and go to the tournament as an 11 seed. But honestly, from a learning curve standpoint, it's been hit or miss with who's been hired, who's come in, and how do you win in the Big Ten? How do you win in football in the Big Ten? We can tell you, no one's listening. Uh, (laughs) How do you win in, 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 in Big Ten football? How do you win in Big Ten basketball? And guys that are accomplished coaches have had their own idea how to do it. This is how I've done it. This is how we're going to win. We're going to score 95 points a ball game with space and pace, and it's going to be offense first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Maybe we'll box out and get a rebound, but it won't matter because, damn it, we're going to be so good from three-point land or, you know, special teams overrated, okay? Not a big deal, and then it's cost you 12 ball games during the Frost era. It just seems like you don't know it till you're in it. 
as good of a coach or as good of a background as you may have in offense, football, or basketball, you really do get punched in the face here in this league, and then you have well, to adapt. And, and Sorry, not to step on your toes here, Bill, but that's even from the top coaches in the Big Ten that we see now. P.J. Fleck had an adjustment year. Jim Harbaugh had probably two adjustment years at Michigan where he kind of got accustomed to the Big Ten. The only example we've seen of a guy who didn't need the adjustment period is Ryan Day, and look what he had in the cupboard whenever he started out. I mean, he, he didn't step into the Big he Ten. Was he was already a coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. But a Big Ten basketball, what does it really take to be – a winner. If you look at the Big Ten standings, and I don't have them in front of me right now, you have, and we've talked about it throughout the year, you've had Purdue. Indiana's gotten hot. Okay, mm-hmm. Purdue's fading just a Indiana, little bit. Indiana's gotten tough. But for the most part, Northwestern's had, you know, maybe the best year in its program's history. But for the most part, north of Minnesota and south of Northwestern in the top three, What's the real difference record-wise between those, what, 10 teams? I mean, Nebraska, yeah, is just above Northwestern and down there with Penn State. But to be honest with you, one you beat Purdue a couple of months ago or a month and a half ago, whatever it was. Nebraska's in the upper half. There's just everybody is 7-9 and nine or 9-7 nine and seven or 8-8 eight and eight in, in the league right now. So the margin of being a winning team in the Big Ten, is, in, in this year anyway, is, is pretty slim. And Nebraska, the way they've turned it around in February – had they played this way in, in and maybe got that win over Purdue, Nebraska's in the top five or six. For, for them to do it without their horses, right? And with a Tominaga that's a role guy and now has been an offensive star, to do it without uh, Bandamel or Gary that are that are stoppers, that, that really are that embodiment of your defense first philosophy, to, to now get a Sam Hoiberg, to get a Blaze Keita to step in, to get some decent minutes and, and still ride the Greasel Walker one-two punch. And then uh, you, you have a number of kids that, that get their roles, accept their roles, are happy, and they're all clicking. And then the, the, the journey of Wiltshire, you know. I mean, we always think of Walker as the barometer, and, and he he is. But also, you know, it, it's, it's icing on the cake if you get a double-digit performance from Wiltshire. But that's been more of the story, uh, at least on the defensive end, and then he'll give you some offense. So it's been a, an ongoing transition for this basketball team that's been really fascinating. And Nebraska fans have responded. Yes. You know, and that's that's the amazing thing. And I was watching the game the other day, and it was the Minnesota game, and you're thinking, this team is just, just over 500, and we're celebrating that, and justifiably so. But again... Where else in the country would you have teams celebrating and selling out for a team that is just over 500, right, and has given you highs and lows that are pretty dramatic this season, but Nebraska fans respond when you play hard and you give an effort, and they will respond in kind, and they will sell out the place, and they will enjoy a $10 beverage, and they will probably sell out the stadium to watch volleyball because they know the kind of effort that they will see. If you put on a bad show... And bad effort, they'll be disappointed. But if you if you give a good old Nebraska try, and I mean that culturally, mm-hmm. they're going to be there for you. They're, they're going to be three hours before tip-off packing a sports bar. It's eight blocks away from the stadium. Come on down to Rosie's here and, and see the environment. Husker fans just looking around you, they look excited. I don't think you can name another 15 and 14 basketball program right. in the country that would have this many fans <laughs> this long before tip-off getting themselves all set for the home finale. But you hope... Okay, let's say that things don't go the way they have the last, what, five games for this team. 
I, I don't think that people are going to go, well, that was a nice run and we're done. I, I think people are still going to be behind this team when it goes into postseason play. If they, if they, kick, uh, if they kick Iowa south of, the, south of the border again, I mean, what a, what a great season this has been. Yeah. You know, but uh, people will be there supporting them. The thing about Michigan State, look, they're not – I don't think that they are going to be phased by, the, by what will happen at the arena tonight. They've got a coach that's got the right personality – and uh, they'll be able to withstand it. It'll be how much will this team help Nebraska and not hurt Michigan well, State. And, Bill, you brought up an interesting point that may have to be a talking point for uh, later in the week. I'll have to go dive into the stats. When was the last time that Husker football and Husker basketball went a season without losing to Iowa? It's been at least seven mm. years. <laughs> i, I got to think back. Has it ever happened since Nebraska joined the Big Ten? 24. You, you, you have a chance they, this I, I don't really care. they sweep them? I don't care what happens uh, next week or in the, the finale at Iowa. They've already done it. It's a great year in my book. It is good. Bill Dolman here, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah and Bill Dolman at Bill Dolman. Connor Clark is... You made him sad. You took his headset, and he's sad over there. Well, he's, he's on the phone. I know. Give I mean, us a wave. What, who's he talking to? He's enjoying being 21. His bookie probably taking the points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not by the river. Can you, can you mess, it, mess with it for me? We'll dive into uh, Bill Dolman's take on the Riola ceremony over the weekend. Jack Ebling with us at 540. We're down here at Rosie's. Come see us.